If you would like to share what the Lord has laid upon my heart as the scripture for our service this morning, we are going to turn back to Matthew chapter 5, verse number 1, and we'll read through verse number 16. So Matthew chapter 5, beginning with the first verse, and down through the 16th verse. This is the 10th part of a series that we have been preaching on the Beatitudes. This morning uh, will be the final sermon in that series. And uh, the message this morning I want to title it, Making a Difference in the World. The Beatitudes, part 10, Making a Difference in the World. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, Jesus says, the Bible says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And now I want you to skip down with me to the 13th verse. And this morning we are going to focus in on verse number 13 and verse number 14. Jesus says in that 13th verse, you are the salt of the earth. If salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is good for nothing, but it is good only to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. And then he says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it gives light to all that are in the house. He says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And glorify your Father which is in heaven titling the message, Making a Difference in the World. If you will bow your heads for just a few moments this morning, let's pray and ask the Lord for his help, for his anointing and ministering the word. Father God, this morning we are thankful that we have the opportunity to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you that you have granted us the chance, the opportunity to be here in this place. This morning, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit that we have felt 
in the worship part of our service, and now we come, Lord, to the preaching of your word. And I would ask, Heavenly Father, that you would allow the anointing of the Holy Spirit to give me divine ability to be an instrument in your hand. I pray that you will put your words in my mind, your words in my mouth, and your thoughts in my heart, that I may be an effective minister of the word that you have placed upon my heart for this service this morning. I ask, Lord, that above all things this morning, I pray that Jesus will be glorified and that the children of God that are here and that will watch will be edified. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you will give us divine understanding, that you will speak to our hearts here today. Give me liberty in the house of the Lord and give me unction to function. Without you, I can do nothing. I rely completely upon you, Father. Bless me to be a blessing. I ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone in agreement with that prayer said amen. So this morning, we are going to conclude our series on the Beatitudes. I'm sure that I will probably recap some of the things that we have ministered over the last 10 weeks. I heard a pastor say many, many years ago that review is the key to retention. So if I review some things that we have talked about more specifically week by week, if I review some of those things this morning, just hang with me, all right? I want to review them that we might be able to retain them. So we have come to realize that the Beatitudes are an ever-increasing blueprint, if you will, that bring us into the place of blessed living. If we follow those Beatitudes prayerfully as we have studied them, we have come to understand that they lay out for us a step-by-step -step progressive foundation upon which we can build our relationship with our Heavenly Father, and they teach us how that we can build a relationship with one another. Let me just remind you that when we talk about blessed living this morning or journeying into a blessed life, let me just remind you that the word blessed does not mean the absence of problems. Be being blessed does not mean the absence of trouble or the absence of difficulty. Being blessed does not refer to our material wealth or our belongings or the possessions that we have collected. Being blessed does not refer to the non-existence of inconvenience and distress in our life because I can assure you at some point or another in all of our lives we are going to experience distress and we are going to experience circumstances and problems and situation. It's just simply part of life. 
And when you face those problems, it does not mean that you are no longer blessed. Blessed is the state of being spiritually content. Amen. The biblical definition of blessed is being spiritually satisfied. Being content with such things as we have, being fulfilled and quenched and having an inward tranquility that outward circumstances cannot affect. Amen. I tell you this morning that you can be going through some things in your life on the outside, but there ought to be a joy and a peace on the inside. Amen. And if we are blessed, we are blessed because, uh, amen, not of what is around us, but because of what is inside of us. We are blessed. In spite of our circumstances, we are blessed in spite of our difficulties. We are blessed because we have been made partakers of the divine nature of our heavenly father. We are blessed as an ongoing result of our relationship with Jesus Christ. We are blessed in Christ, uh, amen, because we are loved, we are chosen, we are redeemed, we are forgiven, we have been freed, we have been sanctified, we have been accepted into the family of God. Our name has been written in the Lamb's book of life talk about blessed amen we are blessed not because of what is on the outside or what we have acquired but we are blessed because of him we are blessed because of our relationship with him scripture tells us in Ephesians 1 and 3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What I'm saying this morning is that if we want to live a blessed life, if we desire to journey into a life of blessed living, then we must realize and we must learn that he is our source of blessing. We are blessed because of a complete transformation that happens in our hearts because of him. True Christianity this morning is not simply a matter of reformed behavior. But true Christianity is the result of a transformed heart. It is a result of a new birth. Amen. The Bible describes it as old things passing away and behold all things becoming new. When I was growing up in the church, we used to sing a little chorus that said, Jesus on the inside and working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Amen. He indeed brought a change in my heart that brought about a change in my life. Amen. He brought us out of sin 
and brought us into his marvelous salvation. He brought us, the Bible says, out of darkness and brought us into his marvelous light. He brought us, the Bible says, out of a horrible pit, a pit of sin, and he set our feet upon a solid rock, the rock of ages. Uh, he set our feet upon a firm foundation. Oh, what a change in my life. When Jesus came into my heart, those changes came about in my life as I began to apply his word one by one, step by step, starting, amen, to putting the Beatitudes into action. His desire this morning is for us to live a blessed life, and that blessing only comes as we put his word into action. Now listen to that. That blessing only comes. That blessing, that relationship that we are desiring to have with it, that only comes as we put his word into action in our life. Remember I told you that there are three parts. The, the Beatitudes can be broken down into three parts, every single one of them. Amen. There is a state of being, there is an action, and then there is a reaction. Jesus says, blessed state of being are the poor in spirit, the action. Amen. For theirs is the kingdom of God, reaction or promise. Blessed the state of being are they that mourn, the action. For they shall be comforted, the reaction or the promise. Amen. We can only obtain the reaction if we put in, amen, into action his word. You following what I'm saying this morning? So let me go back and recap those four first four beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. In those, in those first four Beatitudes, Jesus is describing to us how we can come into relationship with God. He is describing to us, amen, a state of peace and reconciliation with our Creator. He says we, we have to come to the place that we recognize our spiritual poverty. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Amen. If you want to have a relationship with God, here's the steps. Blessed are the poor in spirit. He's saying that we need to recognize our insufficiency or our inability to have a relationship with God. We need our Savior, Jesus Christ. He says, recognize your spiritual poverty. And then he says, mourn. Blessed are they that mourn. What does he mean mourn? He means uh, that we come to the place where we recognize our insufficiency and we recognize our spiritual poverty and then we mourn or we call upon the name of the Lord in an attitude of repentance and regret over the things uh, that we have done and we repent of our sins. And then he says, blessed are the meek. What does he say? He's saying we come to him recognizing our insufficiency. We repent of our sin and then we become meek or we become yielded to him. 
We yield our life and our plans to his will and his plans. We submit unto him. And then that fourth one, he says, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Amen. So understand that those first four beatitudes, he is describing how we can find reconciliation and restoration in our relationship with God. We come repenting, recognizing our need for a Savior. We repent of our sin and we humbly submit to him and hunger to be more like him. Then in the next four Beatitudes, he begins to describe how we are now supposed to live in our relationship with others. He says, this is how you make peace with God. And now the next four, these are the steps, or this is how you need to have a relationship with others. He says, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. He's saying now, since we have a relationship with God, since our relationship with our Father has been changed, now we are to be merciful because he was merciful to us. Freely we have received and now freely we should give. Now we are to be merciful toward others because we have received his mercy. Now we are to respond to others with a pure heart. Amen. And with undefiled motives. Now we are to act as a peacemaker between relationships. And now we are to respond to others and rejoice uh, even in the face of their opposition, even in the face of their persecution. In other words, those first four Beatitudes uh, speak about restoring a relationship between us and God. And then the second four talk about how we are to react and how we are to restore relationships between men and other men. So understand that those Beatitudes are dealing with our relationship with God and then our relationship with men. And then notice that there are eight Beatitudes and all of them building from one level of grace to another level of grace. All building from one step to another step. A little higher, a little higher, a little higher. Gaining line upon line, precept upon precept. We are growing, we are advancing, we are moving in, in a greater fashion to, to be more like him. And each one of those beatitudes allow us to walk in a way that is completely different from the rest of the world. Hello? Each one of them cause us to look a little different than the rest of the world. Act a little differently than the rest of the world. In our text, Jesus is saying, verse 13 and verse 14, he said, if you have applied all of these things, each one of these beatitudes, if you have applied them, you're going to be different than the rest of the world. 
And he says, and here's what you are going to be when we get to verse 13. He says, you are going to be salt and you are going to be light. You are going to be so changed, not only on the inside, but you are going to look differently on the outside. You are going to respond differently on the outside. You are going to live a different kind of life. And that life that you live is going to cause you to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Wow. In other words, when we become poor in spirit, when we become a good mourner and we repent over our sin and we submit our will to his will and we desire to hunger, amen, and thirst and be more like him, when we have become merciful and pure in heart and a peacemaker and when we are being persecuted without retaliation or without rendering evil for evil, he says, you are going to look different than the rest of humanity you're going to look different than the rest of the world but he says that life that you live is going to be salt and light he says you are going to be a testimony you are going to be a testimony and a witness of my life changing power you are going to be a wit. Look again at verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world, he says in verse 14. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I submit to you this morning, beloved, that if we are going to be the salt of the earth and if we are going to be the light of the world, then in order for us to be effective, we need to get the salt out of the shaker and we need to to get the light out from under the covers. Hello? Amen. Pastor Gary, what do you mean? I'm saying this morning that, amen, in order for us to be salt and light and to be effective, then we need to get the salt out of the shaker. And in order for us to be light, then we need to live our life in an unshrouded way where others can see the glory of God in our life and know that Jesus makes a difference in our hearts. Hmm. We need to understand this morning that as Christians, in order to make a difference in this world, we need to be the church, not just in church. In order to make a difference in this world, we need to be salt and light at our workplace. I've heard some Christians say, I hate my job. Maybe, just maybe, God put you there to be salt and light. Hello? We need to be salt and light in the classroom at school. We need to be salt and light in the grocery store. We need to be salt and light. When I wrote this in my notes, I went, oh, Jesus, have mercy on me. We need to be salt and light driving down Highway 16. I'm preaching so good, I'm stepping on my own toes. <laughs> we need to be salt and light no matter where we are. 
The only way that we can make a difference is to let the light shine and let the salt out of the shaker. I don't know if you could see the little, the little guy that I made. But on the slide up here, it's a man and his head is a salt shaker. <laughs> or anyway, that's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> My... My hope was that you would understand that the salt's in here, but we got to let it out. This is what Jesus prayed one night before he was crucified. You'll find it in John chapter 17 and verse 4. This is what Jesus prayed. He's talking to the Father, and he said, Father, I have glorified you on this earth. I have finished the work that you have gave me to do. Now listen to that. I have glorified thee on this earth. I have finished the work that you have given me to do. And then just a few verses down in John 17 and 18, he says these words as he continues to pray to the Father. And he says, Father, as you have sent me into the world, even so, I also send them into the world. What did God send Jesus into the world? Jesus, according to his prayer, God sent him into the world to glorify him. And then he turns around and says and prays, as you have sent me, even so have I sent them. Our job this morning is to glorify our Father, which is in heaven. Our job this morning, amen, I, I'm telling you, in other words, Jesus is saying, I am sending them into the world to accomplish and complete the work that I started. I am sending them into the world to bring glory and honor unto you in this earth. Amen, that prayer that night that he prayed, amen, was not just for his original disciples, but he prayed for you you and I as well which means that we have been put on this earth for such a time as this to bring glory and bring honor and bring worship unto our God our lives should be a living testimony of a living Christ amen our life should have some salt and some flavor and our light should shine where others see Christ in us and know that God makes a difference in our lives. Amen, amen, amen. We are to be salt and light. How can we do that? I want to give you four ways. Quickly, four ways. The first way that we can be salt and light is by the way that we radiate. I've got, I've got four of these. They all rhyme. The way that we radiate. Pastor Gary, what do you mean the way that we radiate? How many of you know salt has flavor? Salt has flavor. Ask any gourmet cook. When you get in the kitchen, 
And, and I know there are a lot of other spices. I mean, I, I personally like garlic and cayenne and black pepper and white pepper and cumin and depending on the dish, oregano and, you know, I like all that stuff. But I'm going to tell you what, if you don't have salt, something's missing. Hello? And I know some folk like more salt. My wife is salty, crunchy. <laughs> she likes those salty, crunchy snacks. I like that creamy cold. Ah, give me ice cream. We all have our battles. <laughs> but if you don't have salt, something's missing. Being the salt of the earth means that God's spirit is within us. And we ought to bring flavor to life we ought to be we ought to bring flavor into the lives of others I'll tell you a little personal testimony years ago my wife and I we had been busy with ministry all day we had been doing a wedding and it, it was an all-day affair we finally got the wedding done it was over with and the sun had already set, and the wedding party had finally taken off, and we had got cleaned up. It was somewhere in the earlier mid-90s. And I didn't want her to now go home and have to cook something or, you know, have to fix something. So I said, let's go have a bite to eat. Everybody's gone. Let's go get a bite to eat. Where do you want to go? She said, there's a new subway. So you know it was a long time ago. There's a new subway in Emmett. Let's go get a sandwich. So we pulled over into the subway store, went in, and we were going to order a sandwich. And there was a little gal behind the counter, and we got to cutting up with her a little bit and teasing back and forth and just, just you know, being friendly. And she found out that I was a pastor and that we had just done a wedding and she, you know, talked with us, and the more she talked with us, the more you could tell that she was just hungry. And she said, where do you pastor? Where do you, where do you go to church? We told her where we went to church and invited her to come and be with us. And, I, I you know, I mean, in a situation like that, you never know if somebody's going to come or not. What we did not know is that because of our interaction that day, that young lady went home and told her husband, we are going to church. We are going to church, and we are going to this church. She said, we need God in our life, and we need whatever they had. She said, when you, she told us later, she said, when you guys came in, she said, there was just something about you that just, something about you that just, touch my heart something about the way that you talked and the way that you acted and the way that you, you know, it's just the flavor that's what I'm talking about it was just the flavor of God that couple they did come to church they dedicated their hearts to the Lord they entered into the ministry and for years they have been preaching the gospel together I could name names right now, but I won't. I'm just simply telling you, I didn't know anything about it. She didn't know anything about it. It was just the flavor of Jesus. I'm saying we are the salt of the earth. We ought to bring a little flavor into someone's life. 
When was the last time that you made someone thirsty for the things of God? Amen. What I'm saying this morning is if we radiate the presence of the Lord, our lives should radiate the flavor of his glory. Our lives should radiate the flavor of his love. Our lives should radiate with the flavor of the joy of his presence in our life. Our lives should radiate the joy of his salvation. It should radiate the joy of walking side by side with the king of kings and the Lord of Lord. I'm telling you, if Jesus is in your heart, he's going to make a difference in your life so much so that you're going to be different to everybody else. And I've met some Christians that their flavor was one of those sour ball candies. Hello? Amen, we ought to have some flavor and some saltiness to it. The Bible says, the Bible says in Psalms chapter 16 and verse 11, thou will show me the path of life and in thy presence is fullness of joy. If your life this morning is empty of joy, I'm talking about knock your socks off kind of joy. I'm talking about the kind of joy that the world cannot give you and the world cannot take away from you. If you need some joy in your life, then I know a Jesus that can put some joy in your heart and give you a song even in the midst of your troubles. I know a Jesus, amen, that can give you some joy in your spirit. Psalms 132, verse 16. Jesus, the scripture says, amen, and I will also clothe her priests with salvation and her saints shall shout aloud for joy. Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 3, the prophet said, Therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the well of your salvation. Isaiah 35 and 10, the Bible says, And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing, and an everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Hmm. I'm telling you this morning that as Christians we should bring some joy and some happiness, some joy and some flavor and some light into the lives of others and we can do that by radiating the joy of the Lord. Jesus says in John 15 and 9, 15 and 9, down through the 11th verse. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and I abide in his love. Listen. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you. And that your joy might be full. What I'm saying this morning is that we need to radiate with the flavor of God's love. 
Radiate with the flavor of the light of the gospel. Radiate with the flavor of the joy of the Lord in our lives. Amen. There are just some folks that when you get around them, they are the life of the party. Amen. And I'm telling you, a lot of times that it is because they bring an atmosphere of joy. They bring an atmosphere of happiness and gladness and jubilation. And if we desire to make a difference in the world, let others see the joy of the Lord in your life. Number two, the second way that we can be salt and light is by the way that we communicate. By the way that we radiate and the way that we communicate. In, in, in the day when Jesus walked this earth, there were no refrigerators. Salt was used as a preservative. Amen. Our conversation should preserve, should preserve decency in a decaying world. One of the ways that we can be light and salt is the way that we communicate. We live in a culture that is becoming more vulgar and more filthy and more irreverent every day. And this is what the Bible says about our speech. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6 says, Let your speech always be seasoned with grace. Always, let your speech always with grace be seasoned with salt. If our speech, he's saying, if our speech is seasoned with salt, it will be gracious. If our speech is seasoned with salt, it will be kind. If, if our speech is seasoned with salt, we will be courteous. If our speech is seasoned with salt, we will be complimentary instead of rude and hateful and crude to others. Hello? Whether we are communicating with those in our home or those that we work with or those that are around us, we should always remember to allow our speech to be seasoned with, with salt, seasoned with grace. Psalms chapter 34 and verse 13, the Bible says, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Second Timothy 1 and 3, hold fast the pattern of sound words. Titus 2 verse 7 said in all things showing yourself to be a pattern of good works in doctrine showing integrity in reverence incorruptibility sound in speech. Listen to what they said of Jesus in Luke chapter 4 and verse 2 and they bear witness of him and wondered they were in awe at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. What I'm saying this morning is allow, we can, we can radiate light and we can, uh, we can radiate the salt of the, 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 the goodness that God has put down by the communication that comes out of our mouth. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 12 says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, only that which is good and that which edifies that it may minister grace to the hearers. In other words, what comes out of our mouth should not be tearing somebody else down, should not be, amen, putting somebody else down, but it should be building somebody up. 
It should be edifying and not destructive. Be careful this morning how we, how we speak. Number three, by the way that we captivate, by the way that we captivate. How many of you know that salt will make you thirsty? And I got to thinking yesterday as I put in my notes together, Jesus made others thirsty for God. So thirsty, in fact, that Nicodemus came to him by night to inquire about salvation. Nicodemus was a religious man, sat on the Sanhedrin board, but he knew Jesus had something that he didn't have. Jesus made him thirsty. Jesus made a woman who was living in sin, who came to the well to draw water at the well. He made her so thirsty that she said to him, Sir, you'll find it in John chapter 4, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not again. Give me the water that you are talking about so that I do not thirst again. I'm saying this morning that if we are the salt of the earth, amen, and we are the light of the world, we will make people thirsty for the things of God. Amen. Be salt, be light. Reach others by radiating, communicating. Reach others this morning, amen, by, by uh, captivating their heart with the things of the Lord. The fourth thing that I want to talk to you about is rededicating. The fourth way that we can be salt and light is the way that we rededicate because sometimes, sometimes we all get off track. Sometimes we all get off course and we are no longer salty and we are no longer the light that we should be. Jesus says in verse five or chapter five, verse 13, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden underfoot. We need to ask ourselves from time to time, have I lost my salty flavor? Have I lost the light of Christ in my life? Have I lost that flavor that he desires for the world to see in me? Amen. If we have, let me just tell you this morning, if we have, if we have allowed the saltiness to, to go out of our life, if we have allowed the light to go out of our lives, sometimes we get off track and we wind up in strange places. If that's us, then I have some good news for you this morning. We can regain what we have lost. If our lives have been contaminated by the things of the world, we can come back to him. I will tell you the story of David, the king, in a place where he should not have been, saw a woman that he should not have saw, entered into some things that he should not have done, wound up killing a man that he should not have killed. David found himself off track, no salt, no light. He found himself in a place where he should not have been and where he did not want to be. And this was this man's prayer when he realized and recognized his sin. You will find it in Psalms chapter 51. This is what he prayed. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, 
according to the multitudes of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Against you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. Purge me with hyssop and clean me and I will be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broke may rejoice. Hide not your face from me. Blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart. O oh God, renew a right spirit in me. Cast me not away from your presence. And please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. And uphold me with your free spirit. And then, he says, I will teach transgressors thy ways. And sinners shall be converted. He's praying, restore the salt and the light. Restore my relationship with you. If Jesus said that we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world, we read it this morning. If Jesus said we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world, then we need to get the salt out of the shaker and the light from out from under the covers. Be salt and light wherever he puts us. By, by, by using those common terms, he didn't say that we were the gold of the earth or that we were the diamonds of the earth, but he said that we are salt and light, very common substances. But by using common substances, he's saying that he uses common people to do extraordinary things. He's saying that he uses common substances, common people to do big things. This morning, I tell you this morning that God desires for us to have relationship with him, to have relationship with individuals and people. And in such a manner that our lives are so transformed and altered that we become a living testimony of his glory and his grace. And that they see Christ in us and glorify our Father which is in heaven. Bow your heads please this morning and let's pray together. Jesus, Lord our Father, we come to you this morning asking that you would allow us to be the salt that flavors those around us with the godly things of your desire. Allow us to be a light like a city that is set up on a hill. Let our lives radiate let our lives communicate. Let our lives just so show forth the glory of our God that others can't miss 
what you have done in our lives and recognize that you make a difference in the hearts and lives of men and women in this world. Father, this morning, thank you for Thank you for the path that you have laid before us. Thank you that we have a way that we can come to you and that we can have relationship with others. And thank you, Lord, that you've called us to be salt and light. And I pray this morning, Lord, if, if, there's, if there's any of us here that we have allowed the salty flavor to leave our life, if we've allowed the light of your love to grow dim in our hearts, Help us to realize that, recognize that, and like David, come before you and ask for forgiveness. Touch our hearts here this morning, I pray. In Jesus' name we ask. For your glory we ask. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Here's the way I want to close this service and this series. If you this morning feel like you have allowed the salty flavor of life, if you feel like you have allowed the light of the Lord to diminish, right here, right now, just simply say, Lord, I don't want that to continue. But I want to be, I want to be salt in this earth. I want to add flavor, the flavor of joy, the flavor of righteousness. I want to add light. Let my life, here I am, Lord, use me to be salt and light to others that are around me. Here I am, Lord. I am your vessel. Fill me. Use me. Get the salt out of my shaker. Get the light out from under the bushel. Help me to be a witness of your life-changing love and your life-changing power. Help me, Jesus. Take this common vessel and utilize it in an extraordinary way for your glory here upon this earth. In Jesus' name, heads bowed, eyes closed. If that prayer, you say, Pastor, I identify with that. I identify with that. God bless you. Just slip up your hand. Say, Lord, I, that's my prayer. I want you to use me. I want you to make me salt and light. I want you to help me glorify our Heavenly Father. I want you to use my life to bring glory and honor to Jesus. If that's you, anyone else, slip up your hand and say, yeah, that's me. Hands lifted all over the building here this morning. Stand to your feet. Slip up your hands to him. Begin to call upon his name. From the honesty and the integrity of your heart, call upon the Lord. Just talk to him. Lord, make me salt and make me light. In Jesus' name I pray. Come on and sing. Come on.